0: If you dislike women, and think they've made too many strides You might seek films that put them in their place Movies where they're prostitutes, or have sex against their wills Or get punched by Nick Cage right in the face misogyny is still alive and well and a big part of this week's flicks misogyny it ought to burn in hell but it's thriving in 2006 If your female leads a hooker Or an oblivious Barbie, then Your film deserves to be a giant bomb And if you make a movie About monstrous women who kill men I'd say that you have issues With your mommy's Misogyny is sometimes hard to see, especially when it's played as cute. Misogyny runs rampant through movies, especially ones by Neil you. I could do it again and do it as Shallot singing it, which might be better, because <laughs> that'll cover a vast <laughs> great variety of sins. That's <laughs> great. When somebody sings like this, it doesn't matter if they can't sing. <laughs> Soros, attack!
1: Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. it R.
2: You know, we were supposed to see Billy Joel before the pandemic. Now you don't
0: need to. Well, now you have. Now I now feel like I, I didn't to. miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't. You, the aged, decrepit voice, not able to sing.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't have to go to MSG. I just had to go to my basement That's and right. turn on the Opening Weekend podcast. I t-
0: I, I, t- I took a lot of MSG to <laughs> prepare myself <laughs> to Thank sing. God. Oh my God now so do crap
1: da rock wait that's up' uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to episode 59 of opening weekend. Oh, God, I'm going to regret everything. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week we travel back 15 years to September 1st, 2006, and the wide releases of The Wicker Man, starring Nicolas Cage, and Crank, starring Jason Statham, and the limited release of Mike Judge's depressingly prescient Idiocracy. But before we dive into the week's films, we're where were we all in September of two thousand six?
2: Dan, do you think about these podcast no. episodes at all? Because every no. time Jason mentions the year, the look on your face is like, "Oh, wait, what are we doing? We're doing a podcast now? Yes, we go back I in know
1: time? What You were doing exactly." He, you do? Thank God, one oh, of us does. Okay. No, you're exactly right, Fred. Every time I go, ah, oh, we're going to talk about this week's movies, and I think about the movies, and I don't think about the fact that what we do every week on this thing is <laughs> talk about where we were and what we were doing at the time until the moment that Jason says it.
2: And see, that's the opposite of me. <laughs> I don't even watch the movies. I don't care about the movies. And Fred is the
1: opposite. <laughs> I said this to Kate last night. I was like, Fred's
0: favorite part is going through. I was like. <laughs> Because we were talking about, I was like, I don't have any of my childhood shit here. It's all at my, I I keep thinking like, oh, fuck, we're packing up this place. I'm like, it's all in my mom's attic. I was like, someday I got to go through that. And then what am I going to do with that? And thinking about storage spaces. Fred lives in a house and he has everything he's ever seen or touched in his house. Is every three days he's like, "Look at what I found from when I was four, from when I was ten. Look at this picture of a cake my mom made. Look at this thing I made with suds. And look at the, you know. Look, at suds. look in, at suds. He's in my he's in basement. Suds. He's here in the couch uh, He has
1: every one he's ever touched in the basement.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, you know, and he pieces together. And then and then on top of it, his wife also keeps a journal for the last thirty years. It's yeah. like it's like I know where I was. I can triangulate my position. It, so you know, it's we're really all operating at different ends of the spectrum, but uh, you know. So yes, I know what you were doing in 2006. Okay, well, you tell go us, then. Jason. You were moving out of my what? life, out of my apartment. What? You were moving. You. This was when you moved in with Brett. Oh, elsewhere wow. in Astoria. Wow. And I, desperately. Tried to convince you to stay. You guys broke up?
3: Uh, We broke up. You and me
0: broke up, Jason?
1: No, I just
0: didn't want Dan to leave the apartment. The dynamic. I've always said the dynamic with Bob and Jeremy and me and Dan. If four grown men have to... (laughs) live comically in a (laughs) dilapidated (laughs) shanty together (unuplicate) it was a a, perfect combination and i was like and i knew i knew once dan left i knew it was going to be the you know the house of cards will fall and then in rapid succession everyone left Yeah. You, 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 Jeremy broke it. got married. Wait, that happened more recently, that happened much later. But yes, no, you moved in with Brett in September because then I moved. I remember I moved into okay, your but I was room. like
1: two minutes down the street, it wasn't like I, I never moved saw to you. Another- <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh-oh. I know, yes. Yeah, so I moved out. Um, and y- uh, yes, I do remember Jason, you were vehemently, vehemently opposed to me moving out, and I remember you said. And I scream boo to wit- I said something to you that was a justification And uh-huh. it, standing in front of the shanty Standing in front of the Sharma shanty You said to me To which I scream boo from the rafters And I only wish I could remember what I said to you That prompted that great great thing That you that said To which really I good. scream boo You're very rarely like that Adamant and vehement And you're like you, you don't. I mean, you get passionate about things, but you're very rarely like, let me look you in the eye and tell you th- th- with the uh. deep through from the depths of my guts what you need to be doing, what you don't need to be doing. And you said to me, to which I scream boo from the rafters.
2: What do you, John <laughs> Proctor? <laughs> yes,
0: that's how Jesus. I yes. <laughs> look, I still scream boo from the rafters. I still think it was a bad idea to leave me. That's all ah, I'll say
1: It was a bad idea to leave It's always a bad idea to leave you Jason Always Exactly Well think about all the great sitcoms
0: Where somebody leaves <laughs> And then That's what I mean It's like the dynamics are, And you're still like Well those other guys are funny They're yeah. nice Whatever. Chrissy leaves Three's you. Company
1: And you never recover from that Was that her exactly. name Chrissy?
0: Uh, yeah probably <laughs>
1: You can't oh, take the us. Clooney out
2: of the ER and expect it to survive. It's exactly. like you can't take the Matisse out of the Sharma right. Shanty and Same. expect it to survive. Exactly.
0: And that, and ladies and gentlemen, the one and only time Dan Matisse <laughs> and George Clooney will be you. As... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Comparis- uh,
1: I'm stupid. more, what me leaving was more like Mr. Hooper dying on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was gonna say more like Rosemary Clooney, something or other, but no, but, this
1: is, but
0: no, Mr. Hooper
1: dying is great.
0: That was a that's sad true. moment. Did that it happen in
1: a- 06? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> that was a sad anyway, moment. Anyway, so that's it. I do know you moved wow. out. I moved okay. into your room. I oh, remember well, that. And we were about, happy about to do, that. Um, we were starting rehearsals. Uh, it was soon to start rehearsals for the, the sneeze. For Phoenix Theater on Are you fucking
1: kidding me? That buddy, was this time?
0: John Giampetro directing our buddy from Hofstra oh. and uh, our friend. Did you see that, Laura Fred? Piquado, uh,
1: that was in a bar. Uh, it on, sure was on in a bar. Great Jones Street, oh, right? It was in. Uh, Ace of Clubs. Yes, yeah. right. Right. Good right. Lord. Thank God. Fred. You're you're blanking, and I'm glad you are because that was your dad saw it because I remember Whoa, him coming and right. saying very nice things afterwards, and I was like, he "Thanks, Mister Berman." Everything. He was the only person there that did <laughs> It was hard to miss God. him. Yeah, we couldn't pay people to come see this thing, and with good reason. It was. It was really. Oh my God! And it wasn't. You know, I don't know that it was that bad. I think it was like you're doing it in a bar. The yeah, it didn't in make a basement sense. bar. And no, it the plays in and of themselves were good. It was fine. And it was, you know, John did a good job, but good. It wasn't board. like doing site specific, like,
0: hey, everybody's got drinks and watching the show. It was like, you sit down now, like it's a theater, yeah, it and we're make- going to act here in this defunct bar. Yeah. And it was just, it we're going to do
2: Chekhov for you. And no one wants to get sneezed on in a bar. This, well, not now.
0: Oh, <laughs> right. Now, anyway. <laughs> Back then, everybody loved getting some stock, Fred. (laughs) You've got all this COVID paranoia now. Uh, Maybe that's what it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Chekhov in a bar downtown with mice in the dressing room and uh, trying to make two people. Exactly. Mice in the storage room where we dressed. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. 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 And quit show business? And what? And why leave show business? (laughs) What were you doing, Fredo, at this time?
2: Well, I'm sorry. I, I guess, sadly, I wasn't seeing the sneeze. I don't know why I wasn't. Not sadly. I don't know why not I didn't. sadly.
1: You Are should you be grateful about You in something
0: else. I don't or know if I something?
2: was. I know around this time, uh, we had recently got back from Italy. Uh, yeah, that's hey. right. A couple of weeks before. I don't know what I was doing this exact week. Was this the kn- big
1: Tuscan trip? Was this This that was the big
2: Tuscan trip oh, funded by Mandy Patankin? Wait, what? Yeah, the Mandy Patankin funded... Italy trip, which we didn't realize was funded by Mandy Patinkin. Did the he read, raise Patinkin. money by
1: singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow?
2: Yiddish, old Yiddish <laughs> folk songs, yeah. No, we were, um, it, it, it was sort of, cra- well, it's a long winding story how we got there, but the long and the short of it is, I was doing a show that ended in probably end of July or mid-October, I was in the show called Room Service. Oh, that and was we-
1: great. That, I was saw that. that was a fun lot that was the Peccadillo right
2: the Peccadillo theater yeah we ended up mm. moving God, to, that was we had, good we had a nice long run off Broadway uh, a couple of months later but this was the original production down at the Bank Street theater oh okay and um it, it was sort of a sad time it was it was a weird time we just Kate and I just bought an apartment. So we were living up in Inwood yes. and we were settling in there and about a week. With the week, one-eyed cat.
1: Didn't you have the one-eyed cat at that moment?
2: Yes, Blossom, okay. yeah, George and Blossom. Oh. And uh, Kate's father just passed away. Mm, so right. that That's was right. sort of That's rough. And then that coincided, that was around the time that the show room service was about to end. And on one of the the, the final weekend of the show, our old friends Marvin and Molly. Um, who I don't, I can't remember, Jason, do you know them? Yes, yes, of course. So Marvin and Molly, who Dan and we all used to cater with yeah, and they met as caterers and they fell in love and they got married. Wonderful couple. Well, they surprised me on the last weekend and I didn't even know they were in the audience and we, I saw them afterwards. I told them about Kate's dad. They gave me their condolences and Mm. we- had gotten married at the same time. Kate and I got married in 2005. They got married in 2005. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how's everything going? And they'd also moved up to Inwood as well. They were Mm -hmm. like not too far from us. And they said, oh, well, a year later, we're finally going on our honeymoon. We couldn't go right after the wedding like you guys did. Ah. So we're finally going. I was like, great, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going to Tuscany. We got a villa up there. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's my dream. We were supposed to go a couple of years ago and we had to cancel the trip because mm. I got a show, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, why, why don't you come with us? And I'm like, what are you talking oh about? And they're like, yeah, come with us. And we're like, no, I i can't. Wow. We're not going to go to Italy on your honeymoon. And they said, no, you don't understand. We have this villa and it was going to be 10 of us and one of the couples backed out. And so wow. it's it's- been paid for by a friend. So you just have to get your airfare, uh, you know, and throw in some money for food, but if you want to come. So I went and, but it was like, they were leaving like a week or two later. Wow. And I mentioned Kate and we looked at each other like we have to go because Kate's dad, both her parents, they're, they're from their, their heritage is Sicilian, yes. but yeah. they've never been to Italy. And that was his dream. He always wanted to go to Italy, uh. but he was scared of flying. So they never went. Uh. Uh. So we're like, we have to go. Like, this is a sign. We have to go. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And we went and it was this, we just had this beautiful time. It was in this little village called, not a village, but a little town called Pogibonzi between Siena and Florence in, Tusc- in Tuscany. And when we got there, we met these two young men who were, they were the first ones there and really just sort of interesting young guys. And they had like a little mandolin and they were just sort of really cool and interesting and far out there. (laughs) And we had a lovely time with them. Well, it turns out like halfway through the trip, we discovered that they're Mandy Batankin's sons, Gideon and Isaac. And we're oh. like, wait, what? How does this work? So what? Molly befriended Mandy years ago through a, a a theater company in Colorado.
1: The Creed. Yes. Co- and there was uh, just rep, a write-up right? of them in
2: the New York Times, I yes, believe. Yes, yes.
1: They've been around a long time. Yeah. And, and so he was a th- big patron of that company. Yes. Patinkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So she was very close with Mandy and his wife and the family. And I guess she used to babysit uh, Gideon and Isaac when they were younger. Crazy. So as, so they were very close. And as a wedding gift, Mandy was like, I want to rent you this villa. So that's what it was. So we, we were up there and we had a, had a wonderful time. And uh, yeah, both of those guys are fantastic. Mandy, if you, I know you're a big listener of the podcast. (laughs) I don't know if you are, but you've raised two. (laughs) <laughs> wonderful boys. Ah. Uh no they really are. They're they're amazing and super talented. So that so we had just gotten back from that trip and we're sort of still floating on you know that wow. that that, uh, that Italian that fresh Tuscan Italian air.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it, wow. it was a Yeah, uh, nice trip. Not, not a lot of people know this but um Pudgy Bonesy was DeForest Kelly's uh long lost overweight <laughs> son. I oh, was going to say Pudgy Bonesy was uh <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Josephson's nickname. <laughs>
0: He would say, he would say, I'm just big boned. And then, be like, and then Adam would come by with drinking out of the milk carton and be like, you're pudgy bonesy. <laughs> 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 what were
2: you doing, Jason?
0: I was, I, I, Did you I, have I was a moving bonesy? into dance. <laughs> I, no, I, yeah, anyone? He does now. <laughs> oh God. I was, no, I, well, I basically, I, I. I Dan's story is my story. I did. I moved into his room. As I, I vehemently opposed his leaving, and uh, and then we did a show together where we, you know, performed for your father one <laughs> one lonely night. Um, God
1: bless your father. He comes to he see, see everything. everything, and your mother yeah. too. They come to see everything yeah. we idiots do. Yeah.
0: Everything. <laughs> no, but, so, what else was I doing? What else? I mean, that's you know, at that time, it's like to be in a show and have a roof over your head. That was like enough. Of uh, that, that was it. <laughs> Yeah. So and, and it was like, you, you know, moving into your room was great because that room was was bigger. And I felt like, you know, I don't know. I was like, ah, now today I am a man. You know, it felt like I was, you know,
1: <laughs> you upgrading.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, other room was very small yeah you know you have a you have a a lady friend over and it's like oh <laughs> what what bunk should i get him <laughs> you, know, uh, you had the master bedroom and, or
2: uh, you sometimes don't even look for a bunk you just take him to chinatown and have sex with him right in front oh, of the denizens oh of the city you're in <sighs>
0: oh my god see that's with your pudgy bonesy with with your pudgy bonesy yeah Yeah. that's about that's like the better option sometimes sometimes you you look at the apartment that you're living in and you're like maybe having sex with this woman in public semi against her will is the the way to go oh crank (laughs) sorry there's a siren outside I'll have to say that again that's kind of perfect for crank yeah actually that's fine oh Prank. My name
2: is Chev Chelios, and today is the day that I die. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I've been poisoned with some kind of Chinese
0: synthetic. you got to do something for me, dog.
3: They gave you the Beijing cocktail. It's cutting off your adrenaline.
0: Ah! If you stop, you die.
2: Ah! Now one hour to settle a score say goodbye to my girl and go out with a little style all i have to do is stay alive long enough to make it happen
0: jason statham is chev chelios what is that name? (laughs) 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 i mean come on (laughs) anyway that's who he is a (laughs) hitman Planning to go straight for the sake of his girlfriend, Eve, played by Amy Smart. After letting his latest target slip away, Chev awakes one morning to learn that he has been poisoned and has only an hour to live unless he finds as many ways as possible to keep adrenaline coursing through his veins while he searches for an antidote. Also starring Dwight Yoakam and Jose Pablo Cantillo and directed by the duo of Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, Crank made $10.4 million over its opening weekend on. To a $27.8 million domestic box office and worldwide earnings of $42.9 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Crank? This is my first time
2: watching it. This is my first mm-hmm. uh, straight-ahead Jason Statham movie. I've never seen a Jason Statham movie. I saw same, it at the beginning of the same. pandemic. We watched, uh, I think I watched Sean Hobbs because my son really wanted to watch it. Um, that looked
0: like it was funny. Was it good?
2: It, it, was, it was fun. It was never fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember him in it at all. But oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember, you know, the uh, the rock and and uh, Ryan Reynolds showed up. So, but, but this was like my first I'd always known that Jason Statham is like this commodity and he's sort of like his, a genre all of his own. But, you know, at the time, really, with all of these movies, I, I didn't see any of these movies when they first came out. Mm. And just for, there was nothing that interested me about them. And and with what we'll talk about with Idiocracy, why we've talked about that with Office Space. I wasn't a Mike Judge fan really at the time. Mm. But with this, I was like, why? Why am I going to say this? I don't, (laughs) I Mm. was sort of over the whole, uh, like, I know everyone was like really into Guy Ritchie movies and I've seen yeah. a few of them and they were good. But I, I think at this point I was like, oh, I'm, everyone's so cool. Everyone's so cool. Everything's so fast and flashy and British and England. I'm <laughs> sick of it. I, I don't know why, for, for what reason. But so Jason Statham, because he started out in Guy Ritchie movies, it was just sort of, you know, just built on that. So I thought, why am I going to see this? This, is, this isn't uh-huh. up my alley. Uh, so I had no interest. So I saw it the other night. And right off the bat, I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, right yeah. from the opening strains of Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot, which <laughs> may be the greatest opening of any heavy metal song ever. It just, uh, I'm not going to say the Quiet Riot's, you know, in the, the upper pantheon of hard rock and heavy metal bands, but that opening just gets you. So I'm like, I'm in. And then I loved how it just, it fucking starts with a bang. There is no exposition. It's just, no. boom. Yeah. This is what happened. We're going. There's no you know, there's no buildup learning about this guy's life and his day to day. It's just, boom, right. here's what happened. You got something, you know, and, and you find out immediately and immediately the style of the movie, how it's going to be filmed, is set up, you know, it's just crazy sort of that MTV, like video game. I mean, I mean not to yeah. jump ahead, but no. in the credits, there's a little video game version of the movie. And that's what the movie is. It's just a big, it's like yeah. GTA, you know? And,
0: and, the, and he's a, vi- when you finally do get to find out, his background a little bit like oh, what yeah. he he's tells the girlfriend game. is that he's a video game programmer True, and stuff yes, and it's uh, right. it's perfect so it's perfect i
2: so you hinted at this before jason this is one of the most surprising movies for me because i couldn't believe how much i was enjoying it and how much it surprised me at every turn and then he rapes his girlfriend in chinatown <sighs> and i was like fuck <laughs> this movie <laughs> and i crazy. couldn't Get over it. And I'm so conflicted about it because I was really enjoying it. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of like gay panic in this. It's, it's, you know, that stuff is ridiculous. Um, There's so much about it is ridiculous, but you sort of give yourself over to it. And you're like, okay, so two things. It's, it's basically commando. You know that that was the first thing. I'm like, oh, this is just like a Schwarzenegger movie. This is what Schwarzenegger Mm. was doing back then, where it's like you got to, you have a problem, you have a certain amount of time to solve it. Go, you know, boom, carnage, 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 one-liners, carnage, one-liners, carnage. (laughs) The other thing is, I'm like, oh, this is speed. This is yes. the movie yeah, Speed, exactly. but instead of the bus, it's his body. Yes. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's brilliant. It's yeah. stupid and ridiculous, but it's brilliant. <laughs> and the filmmaking and the story and everything around it, like, backs up the conceit. And it's just, Gah! you know, adrenaline. Literally, I mean, he needs the adrenaline to survive. Yeah, but it's adrenaline from start to finish. Uh, and I was like, this is so funny. And then he rapes his girlfriend in Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I know this is supposed to be played for laughs and there was something funny when he's behind her and he's like, I'm alive, but he's raping his girlfriend in Chinatown. And I just thought, fuck you, Jason Statham. And I don't yeah. want to say, I, I, you know, I don't want to say shame on you, Amy smart for doing this because, She's, she does her best in the movie.
0: This is the very funny sequence where she's going through her purse or like things drop, like he's killing people around her because he hasn't told her yet that right. he's a hitman and he's yeah. going to distract her until he can tell yeah. her the truth. He doesn't want her to see anything. So he's killing people in the background. Yeah, that was a good her sequence. purse or something, right? Yeah. It's a fun sequence. Yeah. But even that. And she does do a great job. But even that, you know, I sang that song at the beginning, misogyny. The <laughs> movies are all like <laughs> these are three. Yeah. Uh, even idiocracy, when you do come down to the fact that and we'll get to it, that yeah. there's one character, there's one woman. There's one woman yeah. in yeah. the movie one. and it's a prostitute. It's a prostitute. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's like uh, this is that's weak tea, you know. But yeah, Amy Smart does a great job. But it is like she is made to out to be like just whatever. The moment needs like uh, yeah. obstacle, uh, mm-hmm. damsel in distress, mm-hmm. joke, rape I mean, scene in just, Chinatown, uh, 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 whatever. Yes, which of course, <laughs> it, well, it, and there's a million ways to do that. Yes, the perfect way to get your adrenaline up, right? Sex. You could have had a very fun, romantic, yes sexy, exce- yes. you could have done that a million different ways right. to say, that's a great way to get his adrenaline up. He's got this beautiful girlfriend that he loves. Let's. Let's right. have a pleasant way of getting your right. adrenaline up. And you could have done that so many ways to choose to make that choice, even though Amy Smart's game, game. and ultimately. Yes, you know, she's said, into like, it. She's into it and yeah. you the looks on her face. And it's the, some of the stupid things she says
1: turn of no, 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 yes, you know, it's which terrible. is such yeah, it's an like, old, stupid trope. And you're terrible. exactly right, Jason. Could have been done in so many it more yeah. interesting it, other ways. Still, it
2: still could have been a public sex scene.
0: She could have
1: been into it. She could have been like, great. She could have initiated it. Yeah, yeah. she exactly. exactly. If they'd done it differently,
2: she could have been like, OK, this is what we have to do.
1: And the, yeah, so she kind of does that later in the front seat of the car. But do it there. Do it in mm-hmm. that moment you're exactly yeah, right
0: because it was horrifying watching it yeah. this time and i'd seen it before and i f- forgot it yeah
3: thoroughly. if i'm right they gave you the beijing cocktail very nasty shit. works on the adrenal gland lots of receptors guys the only thing you can do to slow it down at all is to keep the flow of adrenaline constant
2: Meaning, if you stop,
1: you die. Dwight Yoakam was very Dwight funny. Was very it good. Was- I liked Dwight Yoakam as an actor, and I want to see him in more things. He's basically in this, and he's in Sling Blade. Sling Blade. And what yeah. else is he in? He's terrific. Well, wedding
0: Crashers. He plays. Is he in that? Oh, uh, funny. It's a small bit. He he he's Rebecca De Mornay's husband in there, <laughs> getting a divorce at the beginning of the movie. I think, okay. and uh, that's the only other thing I can think of him from. You know, he's great. Yeah. You know. No, he's very very good.
1: I um, this is my first time seeing it as well um you know and I don't again I think I mentioned this to you guys a couple of episodes ago ago i I the older I get the sort of more impatient I get with movies that, that are high octane you know high adrenaline lots mm. of editing lots of in your face you know um uh, uh shots and and cuts and and loud and crazy and so i was a little annoyed by the mm. by this movie i watched it early in the morning with you know not the sound with, with the sound the the volume you know at a, at a medium to low level and the and the um the subtitles on so as not to wake my, my sleeping wife
2: the movie podcast for the elderly
1: yeah <laughs> that's exactly right so it's it, you know i you did, i didn't watch this in the way you're supposed to watch it were you wearing I, your tranquility diapers yes that's oh, right oh. Okay. i was on my calm app the entire time <laughs>
0: it was a sea of tranquility <laughs> by the time he was done with those diapers <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, I've been farting a lot lately Can I just take a sidebar (laughs) The older I get We're going to go to a medical podcast (laughs) This (laughs) will be medical (laughs) corner (laughs) Opening weekend medical corner I had
2: Literally opening weekend Your
1: weekend Is opening a lot Too much We We went out to breakfast the other day I had country fried steak Which I usually like (laughs) And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, everywhere I went, I just was talking about COVID going everywhere. I was just crop dusting oh. everywhere I went.
2: <laughs> I was in rehearsal the other day. I said, I turned to my friend Jim. I said, thank God we're all
1: wearing masks here because
3: you know, exactly. I'm just letting them fly. You
1: read, you read my mind. That's exactly <laughs> how I was. I was like, well, thank God these people are wearing a mask because now they're right behind me. <laughs> And that you don't want to be downwind of me twenty minutes after country fried steak. Ah, the French. The, the connection of this movie is. <laughs> I'm waiting. Um, <laughs> the connection. is this You're week, gonna turn it around. You're gonna close that gap. I'm gonna rescue. I'm gonna close that weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, the connection of this movie is that ultimately, the in the final analysis, this movie is basically a big wet fart. What is the point of <gasps> it? <laughs> what is the point of it? There's really not a point of it, and and I know you're rooting for Jason Statham until the horrible Chinatown scene, uh, and you're rooting for Amy Smart and all of that. But at the end of it, you kind of go, "Yeah, what was it all for?" You know, what was it all for? And I don't, yeah. I don't know that I have an an answer to that. But also, it's like are we supposed to get i mean he's falling spoiler alert he's falling from the sky at the end yeah he there there is um, if only you believed in miracles. Who is that, Fred? Is that like super tramp or somebody who sings that? Uh, you know. uh, uh, no, it's um. Oh, it's some seventies. Uh, Jefferson 80s. Starship. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So, if only you believe in I miracles. Love the and then, rather than splattering all over the place when he lands, yeah. he lands on a car. Roll. I kind of loved it too, Jason. I loved it. And yeah. And he's <laughs> right up to the camera, and he yeah. blinks. He blinks. Oh, he's alive. And yeah. end of movie. And so, you hear the heart, his heart thump, too. Yeah. But I keep yeah. saying yes, through you the movie, they're like, dwight yeah.
0: like, you should be dead by now. Everybody's like, the drug right. deal, everybody's like, what is it about you, right? Well, you know, it's, so it's like a superhero origin story. It's like it's like exactly. any other teenager gets bit by a spider yep. and they get cancer and die. But Peter Parker, maybe his, his DNA is something about him. He's got the juice, and, and it, 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 it launches Jason. him in another direction because that's what it felt like. It was. Did uh, they make a sequel to this? Was there they, a did. they did? They never saw oh, it. it. Well, there yeah. you go. They made one a few years later called Crank. High it. voltage, high I voltage. think. Yeah. Is that it? yeah. I was a little
2: um, annoyed by that. Too. I, I really like the ending too. Again, I don't know if what it means. I don't think it means anything I to me. It means me.
0: anything because it is a big video game, right? It's a big dumb video game. But it could have been been something. It could have meant something. That's what I'm saying. is the, it, the it, relationship could have been more than just not just the sex in the Chinatown thing, but like <laughs> like doing it for love, that love keeps him going. I mean, you there could go, you, go. you could take this crazy thing and 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 transcend the material yeah. somehow. You're my I mind. don't know how. I'm not. I'm not. You know what I mean. I'm no, not. You on not make
1: it about that. Make it's make lo, it that. It's not about just that. about the 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 heart pumping and the adrenaline and the fast edits and the loud music and the killing, 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 killing. I, but I, it's all in service of. Love, right? Like punch and I,
0: drunk love. Like this thing, like yes. like, it's like, I've got a power in me now that yes. I can, you know, that I I'm I'm bigger than myself somehow. It but like comes this guy. This, yeah, that this piece that that the thing that's keeping him going. Say, how is your heart still going? And you know, metaphorically that it's about everything he's there doing for the woman, that he even got into the situation because he wanted to quit the business. So he could have a life with her. So he makes the choice to not assassinate the guy, and that's what gets him injected with the poison. And so it's all okay. So the in movie love, thinks right? it's doing it that. Be.
1: The movie thinks it is doing uh, uh, what it, we're it describing
0: to, a, to to a degree. But yeah, it ultimately doesn't stick the landing. No, and it starts by <laughs> by having sex with her like an animal in oh. in Chinatown. Yeah. I mean, you guys.
2: Yeah. I, I think you're right. And yeah, they did. That was sort of the idea that this guy was going to leave, but that was sort of dropped in as an afterthought. And in the end they didn't care Agreed. That, that wasn't that wasn't the point it was Jason's Stath- yeah. it was an action hero mode like I said it was you know the Schwarzenegger and commando type thing Style you know over it was substance a, exactly and it was it's just a saying, video game
0: for teenage boys and yeah they them, you know,
2: and they wanted to business. give and it was all about just making sure that Jason Statham always came out on top and you know giving him the spotlight and the girls there but it's it, it wasn't important and yeah that might have I don't know that might have made it uh Yes, it would have made it a more fulfilling movie, I think, and and maybe that idea. You know, I was saying before that what I liked about it was it just starts, boom. There's no exposition, yeah, uh, which I still like, and I, I think maybe if you have a bit more backstory, although they could have done it the way they did do it. Or they throw it in, in the middle, you find out what's going on. But maybe that was the whole thing that he was always go 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 go, and now it's like all right, I'm gonna I'm I'm quitting this so I can just slow down, yeah, to be, and now we can't literally can't slow down at all.
0: (laughs) like I'm choosing to settle down, but I can't, I physically can't settle down. There's a lot of clever, there's a lot of clever stuff at the roots of it. And I love how funny it is. I I'm always, I'm not into movies like this. I don't like big smash them up action gun. They all just are numbing to me. But when the movie has a sense of humor, when there's a comedic element and when the, when the filmmakers have visual wit, like Jason Statham is a funny, is a funny guy. I mean, he's good in that Melissa McCarthy movie spy. Like he's great is at he? taking okay. this persona yeah. and, and being funny within that, like that hard, you know, Brit thing that he, yeah. I, I think he's pretty, um, not, I don't even know. Likeable is a weird word for it. No, but, he is uh, likable. He is. I, I do yeah. like him. He's I think charming. he's, I think he's, a I think charm he's really fun. And, uh, I've and never think, seen him in a
1: movie ever. I've never seen him in a movie ever. Before, yeah, and I've seen movie. him in a
0: few. Yeah. And 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 then Neville Dean and Taylor, these directors who were, yeah, like they're basically like a lot of the mid aughts, you know, a lot of video game, the same way it was like commercial directors mm-hmm. graduate. Yeah. to. Film, I, I feel like <laughs> people who make video games now graduate to these franchises. Too, and, and, wasn't uh, McG wasn't
1: McG. He was a commercial yeah. director. A yeah, video that's director. right. That's
0: right. And I thought he had a similar great wit With the Charlie's Angel movie He did the Charlie's Angels I thought that was fantastic And then he kind of uh, He didn't do a lot after that I remember uh, the
1: McGLT Where you keep the hot side (laughs) hot (laughs) That I remember Your old
2: But these guys were at least, I feel like, I know what you're saying, Jason, and Dan with that, that when it first started, as much as I was enjoying it, I thought, is this going to be too much? But they kept surprising me, and I thought they were having a lot of fun with that Mm. form, and they were doing a lot, they were playing around with a lot of different filmic formulas and camera techniques and they kept it interesting like things didn't repeat yeah. they kept trying new stuff you're right and they d- and as soon as i realized okay they're not taking themselves seriously with this they 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 are playing this over the hilt this is this is supposed yeah. to be ridiculous it's not supposed then to do be a realistic story
1: as well you know they do do that. Well, uh, yeah. I think they think I, they. I think, I think they think by they making were. her this
0: cartoon character and then having her like be like, "Yeah, give it to me, Daddy," and in, in a public setting yeah, they, was <laughs> amping it up that way. That's what I mean. It's like you they can have these these gifts as a as directors yeah. uh, as as filmmakers and then also have more of them. If it feels that's why I say it's for teenage. Boy, it's there's a yeah. there's a ceiling on it. There's an immature ceiling on it. It feels like that that keeps it from, I don't know, from being something more than the sum of its parts. Exactly. They're
1: missing the biggest gift of all. What we're talking about is elevating the movie beyond its genre and beyond this sort of new new genre within the action genre that all of these films are. There's yeah. another film called Shoot 'Em Up, which I have seen with uh, Clive Owen that is similar to <gasps> this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very similar to this. Um, it's even, but it's hyper violent. It's hyper violent. This, I wouldn't put in that category quite like that movie. You see the every drop of blood everywhere. Mm. Um, but, but it's like, um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. The solution is right there in what we're talking about. The solution to elevating it is within the Amy Smart, Jason Statham relationship. It lives within that Chinatown scene. It's like, you want to make this more than the sum of its parts, you fix that, you know, and, and you've got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The solution's right there.
2: The whole, oh God, and, and the whole blowjob thing in the car, that, that scene annoyed yeah, me as well. because I just annoying. kept thinking, if you did the Chinatown scene right and not so rapey, you wouldn't need, you this. Wouldn't need yes. this, which is a terrible scene and it's not funny and it's stupid.
3: How can we stop it?
2: Drilling's the only thing that slows it down. So when we were in China. Yeah, sorry. Hey, what are you doing?
3: This will get you going. What? Come on, let's finish what you started. Oh, boy.
0: My memories of this movie were very fond. A lot of it held up. And a, a, a very... Potent section in the middle (laughs) did not hold up.
2: That was the only Um, moment I I enjoyed pretty much every moment, except, and that really just soured it for me.
0: And then you think about what could have been, and we talk about that, but then we've also said in other episodes, like, you got to judge it on what, you know, what it is and what it set out to do Mm -hmm. and and you know yeah you can you can play script doctor all day and say like well they could have done this or they should have done this but you know i mean i still for what it was and i do like the weird ending uh, a lot i mean it, it it's still like a yeah recommendable you know, I think so. for me, definitely. But it guys, uh,
2: a- I just, I, I want to, while we're on this, cause it's on the adrenaline theme and the idea of keeping going. Yes. Maybe, yeah. know, maybe this is too much. There's a podcast first podcast first. Uh, as you guys know, I often have to pee during these podcasts. <gasps> yes. I always have to run and we always have to cut cause I got to run mm-hmm. right? in the theme of adrenaline. Just keep going. We don't want to stop. I did not want to stop the flow that we had <laughs> so while you guys were just talking
0: please tell me you peed please
1: I just peed me. in the cup oh, oh no you're lying no <laughs> i can't speak holy shit that's a lot of piss don't take it away that's that's horrifying. not a human color at least on my yes. screen <laughs> that is fluorescent that's because his hands behind it and no, no 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 booth, no yeah. that's like thanos's pee that's like <laughs> <Vision's> <laughs> thank pee. you yeah. thank you that is
2: i have the pee i have the urine of a titan
1: of a mad Titan Infinity piece You could sell that to Gatorade And they wouldn't have to do anything to it <laughs> Color wise I don't know if this ever happened in podcast history Good for you Fred I'm proud of you Because I didn't know what yeah. you were doing I'm
2: the Jason Statham of podcasts I will do anything <laughs> to keep alive And keep this thing going <laughs> And that being said I give my cup of urine 10. 10- Sheilas.
1: Me too. I give that 10 To 30. which I
2: scream to the rafters.
0: <laughs> Boo. <Ooh. laughs> hey. So, uh what do you what do you give the cup of urine that is? cranked? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I
2: God, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, and I don't want to put aside the fact that I peed in a cup uh while we were recording,
0: but
1: That was amazing. Uh
0: without You got to put it aside at some point. <laughs> so, <laughs> much like the sex scene in Chinatown, you've ground the podcast to a halt. <laughs> into the asphalt, to a di- to a disturbing and disgusting halt. Oh. The
2: irony is the uh, my whole point in doing that was that I didn't want to grind anything I to know. a halt. I well, know that's why
0: you wouldn't. Have, this is where you would have done that. We wouldn't have known, and then you know, in an hour, you would have been like in the diner. You'd be like, "Look, guys, I didn't really. I, the reason I didn't go to the bathroom is I peed an hour ago." And we'd be <laughs> like, "What?" <laughs> like a Jason Statham esque revelation about your past, <laughs> the past being the pee that you put into a cup while we were talking, and then we'd have a Neville Dean and Taylor do a quick cut, you know, and a bit like weird angles of you pissing in a cup and like hoping we don't notice yeah. and, and we'd be like, Oh wow, that's cool. But here you just said, guys, look, I made like <laughs> a little kid. You're like, I made,
1: I made in a cup. And I have yeah. to tell I you,
0: pee-pee in the instead of a quick
1: cut to your heart beating, it's a quick cut to your bladder emptying inside <laughs> your body. Kong, kong, kong.
2: <sighs> Listen, if it weren't for, if it weren't for that, uh, the the rape scene in Chinatown, this would have been up there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might've been, I don't know, like an eight. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh But that's going to bring, oh God, I'm going to give it a, have it a, a seven? Yeah. Seven? I'm, I'm 6.5.
1: Yeah. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. 6.5. I just I'm, wanted I'm, to, I just wanted it to have a redemptive, I I wanted the movie to end and go, what's it all for? And I think, like we said, the filmmakers think that they're doing that with the, with the, with the love plot, but ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't stick that landing. So I'm at a 6.5. No, I'll go,
0: I'll go seven too. This was this, without that scene, this would have been an eight for me. And without the strain again, that's why I did that at the beginning. I was like the strain of misogyny through this, even down to the last scene where they're like just, the only other women in the movie are women in giant bubbles, bubbles, yeah. bubbles
2: naked, getting shot in bubbles, getting
0: shot, and and one girl <laughs> screaming when the other girl gets shot. Yeah, you know, right. uh, oh. they're trapped; they're slaves, trapped around the pool of this gangster. It's like, you know, it, it it just traffics in a lot of distasteful shit. So I'm still giving it a seven. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's very. No, I mean, I think it's. Yeah. I think aside from that, which is no small thing, right, right, it's it's really skillfully made, great and fun, and Statham's great, and the the style of it, you know, there's a lot of clever stuff going on. It's very exciting. It's fun, and yeah, so it would have been higher for me. It probably would have been. I thought going into it, I was like, oh, this movie's really fun. I remember it being really fun, and I thought it was going to be an an eight or maybe even a touch higher than eight, and it's not. So seven is fair. It's good, but you, yeah,
2: it's like nothing was irredeemable. You're not going to like burn it at the stake or something. No. You're not going to oh. break its legs <laughs> and put a bee helmet around its head and just lift it up to the top of a giant straw man and, and burn it and say, no, <gasps> be gone you wearing your, your brave heart makeup uh, with Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah, not you going to do that.
0: No, you probably wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't. <laughs>
2: you might put but, on a bear suit and you know, <laughs> beat the shit out of it and give it a drop kick or two. You right?
0: might, you might,
2: and scream "God damn it!"
0: a lot. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> uh... you might if you were <laughs> the Wicker Man.
1: <laughs> you suspect foul play. Hey. The Wicker Man returns.
0: Who's the Wicker Man?
1: I'm gonna search every inch of this town.
3: It wouldn't She'll burn to death. She burned to death. <laughs> I need
1: your help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blah 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 blah.
0: This remake of the beloved 1973 film sees reclusive lawman Nicholas Cage travel to a secluded island to search for a little girl who has gone missing. Once there, he discovers sinister forces at work among the island's secretive, almost exclusively female residents as a strange and foreboding harvest festival approaches. Written and directed by Neil Labute, The Wicker Man was widely panned by critics and audiences alike as a bizarre and unintentional comedy, which took in $9.6 million over its opening weekend, on its way to a total domestic box office of $23.6 million and a worldwide haul of $38.8 million. Fred and Dan,
1: what do you guys think? Of
0: the Wicker Man.
1: There's so much to say about this movie. I kind of don't know where to begin. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll begin with this. You said the beloved 1973 um,
0: movie. I I don't know it. I think it is. I think it's a a better... Oh, it's better loved. I mean, it is, <laughs> I don't know if it's beloved.
1: Oh, well, it is immeasurably better. I had seen that movie so long ago that I didn't really remember um, very much of it, other than the ending, which is you know pretty harrowing. Uh, but um, I did a rewatch of that before this because because I, I, you know I told Taylor I was like we, I got to watch uh, Wicker Man for um, the podcast and it's a remake. And the first one was from the seventies. She's like, well, why don't we watch that one? And then we'll watch this one and we can compare mm. and that'll be fun. So it was like, great. It, it's, I don't even, honestly, I don't know where to begin. It's so far afield from the, from the theme, the purpose, the point mm. of the first one, it, the movie, the, this remake has no point to it. Hmm. it, it have you, so you've not seen the 73 I've one. Have you seen, seen it. it, Fred?
2: Well, yeah, I watched it okay. afterwards. Okay, I, okay. I, I knew nothing. All I knew about The Wicker Man was the Iron Maiden song in two thousand, <laughs> uh, which was Think the triumphant a love r- it for us now. D- 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 bit. D- d- I will come. So the triumphant return of Bruce Dickinson to the band. Oh, but wow! I knew, but but I, also, I knew that it was sort of like this beloved cult movie. Yeah. So no, 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 no. I watched the two thousand six version. And had a lot of very strong opinions. Okay, and then I watched the original last night, or at least most of it. I sort of skimmed through some parts. Okay, but I watched most of it, and now my things have changed for me. But, okay, so I, I want to hear what you have to say sure. since you watched them in the, the the quote unquote correct mm-hmm. order.
1: Okay, first thing for First things first. The seventy three one is basically a musical. Okay, there <laughs> yes. are at least yes. six full on numbers in it, and they're numbers. He goes yeah. into the bar and they have a rousing barroom number. Then he goes to sleep at the room above the bar, the bar and there's a and that rousing number is called the landlord's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And then the and then the landlord's daughter stark naked head to toe in her room does a whole dance like a butt slapping thigh slapping dance uh, uh, on the other side of his wall and sings a whole song to him like a pagan ritualistic song as she's dancing and moving through the wall to him then there's all these like pagan dances there's a maypole dance like you get the sense that this is a community of people who this is what they do and it's not weird to them. It's not strange to them. And here's the thing: it is not sinister to hmm. them. It is not sinister. It is simply their way. And the hmm. biggest flaw of this 2006 remake is that everybody he encounters in the fucking town, including, unfortunately, the brilliant, brilliant treasure of American acting, Ellen Burstyn, is playing it mo ha 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 every Uh, second Mm, every every second fucking second of this thing it's like only it's like you're gonna get killed everybody's gonna get killed they're all the devil they're all monsters
0: there's something from the
1: first moment from the first moment (laughs) he arrives at the place and the three or four women who greet him (laughs) there are going oh Oh, oh, there's something in that sack that's moving around Oh, (sighs) which is never revealed by the way is it no, Never revealed, but it must be knows? another another dude. A sacrifice. Right? It's got to be another sacrifice. Le- legs something. broken. Sacrifice. Yeah, but he
2: looks or, in it. It's the, it's the filmmaking aspect of it is it, it doesn't make sense because he no, goes it to look no at sense. it. makes no sense. It's like
1: so. What was in there? We don't yeah. know because he doesn't really truly look in there. It cuts away. So, but the, the corollary and we don't know or it's an animal or something. Right. Whatever. The corollary to that scene in the first one in the original one is um it's not a it's not a colony of women. It's women and men. Yeah. and and. Neil Uh, LeBute hates women. That's why he was like, yeah, I got a great twist. Yeah, I got a great twist. We'll make them women and it'll be the Queen Bee and the drones. But in this, it's the Harvest Festival and it's run by Christopher Lee, of all people in the Ellen Burstyn role. Um, And he doesn't he's this is the other brilliant thing. He's not playing it. Mwahaha Sinister either. Christopher Lee is smart enough to know you don't do that. He's the most wahaha sinister person of all time. He's fucking Dracula and Saruman and whoever he played and, and Count Dooku. And he's, and, 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 and he's, Dr. Catheter. And he and not forget Gremlins 2 is Dr. Catheter. He's, there's no one more wahaha sinister, but all you have to do, the movie is smart enough to know all we have to do is cast Christopher Lee. He did it for never. free, too, I read. Did he really? Yeah, he was like, I
2: just want to do it. And to this, till his dying wow. day, he was like, that's my favorite role. That's the best thing I've ever done. Are oh, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's wow. amazing. And
1: you know what? I got to watch he's that He's brilliant one. in it because he doesn't, for a second, play into the mwahaha, uh, mustache twirling, you know, melodramatic sinisterness of it. He's kind of sweet in it. And he's like, this is our way. This is simply mm-hmm. our way. And we're doing this for the good of the harvest. There is nothing no reason thematically thematically for this movie this remake to exist the in the first one he is a devout devout christian who is judging them for their non-christianity throughout the movie from the Mm get-go and it is all about where is christ why is christ not here you have abandoned christ and how dare you heathens abandon christ And that doesn't exist in this movie. They've replaced it with, oh, he has to go there because his ex-wife is there or his ex-fiancee is there. And it may or may not be the daughter. Of course, it's the daughter that is missing. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the first one, he goes there because it is the right and moral thing to do. He has no idea that they're pagans. And he is a devout Christian and a virgin. Okay, And that is deeply, deeply embedded into the heart of that first movie so much so that when they do burn him up at the end, he screams, Daniel, Daniel. I thought Edward Woodward was yelling at me. He wasn't. <laughs> he was, and I was like, Daniel, Daniel. And I looked to Taylor. I was like, Daniel in the Lion's Den, right? And she was like, yes, absolutely. And then she, and I was like, what is that story? And she told me the story of Daniel in the Lion's Den, where Daniel is thrown to the lions. And God saves him because he didn't deserve to be thrown to the lions. It was all a trick that was played on him, right? Mm. So he is screaming, Daniel, Daniel, because he wants God to save the man who doesn't deserve to be killed. Which was weird because at the end of this
2: one, Nicolas Cage was going, Mammoth, (laughs) Mammoth, because he was screaming to the other misogynistic
1: playwright. What is it? What is it? What is that? What is that?
2: What is it? Oh, no, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! I love my eyes!
3: My eyes! Ah! Ah!
2: ultimately this was yes an unintentionally funny movie it's ridiculous it's it's not well executed at all it fails on as you said you know so many levels so many levels but what was interesting to me two things watching the original afterwards because watching this version, I was going. God, this is some bad dialogue. The writing, like Neil A. Butte, pu. Oh, the dialogue's well,
1: terrible. Okay,
2: a You're- lot of it is word for word from the original. I was really surprised how much of it I recognized. Yes. Uh, now it's also how it's played. <laughs> You know what's creepy about the original? I find is that yes, it's that it's, you know, and it's what Hot Fuzz gets so right.
1: Hot, Hot Fuzz, Fuzz is, is based on this, and Edward it's- Woodward is in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are correct. Mm, yes, yeah, he is. Right. And that's why he's in it is because it's a, it harkens back to that. Cause it's that whole take
2: there. on like that creepy pastoral English yeah. countryside. Yes. Everything seems fine and everything's the lovely mandolins here. are playing and we, you know, everyone is happy here and we have our rituals and you know, that's what <laughs> hot fuzz was doing, yes. you know, among other things. Yeah. I, I don't think Neil Butte knows how to make a horror movie because there was nothing scary about it to me. Nothing. The jump scares didn't work. The surprise scares didn't work. I knew exactly what was going to happen when it started. But like I said, when I r- watched the original, I thought, okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't like Neil Butte wrote bad dialogue because- most, of it was from the original, so maybe it was in the playing. It was the tone; they uh, didn't get the say tone most. right.
1: I wouldn't say most. I'd say certain lines were lifted. I don't know. I, I, but I, well, it is you, you lab, might be right. The, the Labute, what he's doing screenplay wise with this is he's doing the Labute thing of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a sentence to the middle of the sentence, and then I'm gonna stop myself. He does that for sure. a yeah. lot of the, his. There was plays. a lot of that.
2: There was a lot of that. But then I read something afterwards because I. I after I finished, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta read up about this movie because what, <laughs> what happened? Like, what was it? What went wrong? Because this is just silly. I was laughing, you it's know. Garbage. There was a point. There was, there's a point in the movie in Midway where I was like, I'm having a blast, you know. Similar to you guys with Sheena, I was like, Well, this is. I'm just gonna sit back and, and enjoy. He's wearing a bear suit. He's got to take his bear suit off to answer his cell phone. That's <laughs> comic gold. Yeah. I loved it. There and I'm were like, am moments that were That's gold. That's the end of the, the movie. This. Yeah. yeah, that was it's towards a the long end. time so to you get were, there. So
0: you were digging it all the way through.
2: Not all the way through. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I there mean, was that's
0: a, pretty fucking late. I guess. I was, yeah, I yeah. You're take right. Much of this. There's very little camp value before that It's only that interesting for me. when he yeah when he gets into the bear suit. Then you're like, okay, now this is this is fun. But, but the thing is,
2: leading up to that, I had been seeing moments of it because the way he was playing yeah. it, I'm like, wait, is this supposed to be a? Is this supposed to be Goofy? Now I read something afterwards <laughs> because obviously because why. And I was going, wow, Neil Abute really, he's, he's got disdain for women. I mean, this is, I mean, it's sort of hitting us over the head. Yes. And I read something now. I don't know if this is him apologizing after the fact, but it does make sense. I just, I want to read it to you because uh, I copied the quote. So, we said, someone was asking him about it and what went wrong. And he, you know, both him and Nicolas Cage both agree and they admit Nicholas that. Nicolas Cage
1: produced this.
2: I know. I know. But they Co-produced both admit it. after the fact that that it didn't turn out the way anyone expected it would. And they agree that it's a bit laughable now and it's it's silly. But Nillibut said, there was definitely an idea to make not so much a cautionary tale, but to take this to its illogical conclusion and have fun with it. Put this guy in this position, the position that young women usually find themselves in, running through some town of backwoodsmen, and this guy who thinks he's got the power of the police and the patriarchy and all of these things in his pocket, and then take those things away and put him on a silly bike and he's running around on the island in his little shirt and tie. So, reading that, because watching it, I kept thinking, wait a minute, it didn't make sense because I'm like, Nicolas Cage.
1: He's a highway motorcycle cop. The movie does nothing to set him up as a, as a symbol of the patriarchy. No, but I think,
2: but I think that's what, when you're saying, what were they trying to do? I think reading that, I'm going, okay, that makes a little bit more sense that maybe they were, I don't, they failed. Right. Because every time he came into a room, he was like throwing this power of the police around. And I'm thinking, you're a you're, you're a motorcycle cop. Well, you're not a fucking detective. Right. You know, he's got no jurisdiction. And they say that right off the bat. You know, he's, so he's throwing around this power of the police. And, like, th- there is that—and and, and it's really like uh, Nicolas Cage goes for it. And I was so confused because I'm, I'm thinking, I don't understand. Why is he playing it this way? And reading this quote, I'm thinking, well, maybe that that is what they were trying to do. Yeah. That the point was— <laughs> Yeah. No. They, they, I'm these just are smart together.
0: men. Get, have it, they have <laughs> senses of humor. Then you make it. Then you make it satirical. Then you make it funny.
1: Well, that's what I mean, they so failed str- at stri- it. You set it up at yeah. the beginning for him to They're be a symbol inept. of that, and they don't do that. They set him up as a nice, gentle, kindly guy who who, who tries to save a, people in a car accident. That whole thing we got to talk about that and what the that's
0: horrible. That well, and they keep showing and they keep showing it. I'm like, go oh, to hell. Movie. <laughs> I can't.
2: Well, I I, for a while I was like, oh, okay. There, because originally I'm like, I don't know, why is he going? Why is he going? He gets this letter. First of all, he got blown up, which is his face for for someone who just got blown up in the face. He's fine. He he looks remarkably <laughs> right. wonderful. Yeah. Wow. But then that's I thought, oh, okay, so uh, that's uh. it. So there's a sense of guilt. He's going with a sense of guilt that he'd right. let this young girl die. And so he's tortured, but he really wasn't. He wasn't playing the torture at all, Nicolas Cage. That, that was the thing I wanted. I kept thinking. You don't need it. I want more of like Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. That just very stoic. Yeah, yeah. Something's, you know, destroyed in him. Right. But, uh, yeah. It he's just, trying to it, heal it. He just looks yeah.
0: mildly curious and annoyed. Just annoyed <laughs> that he went to the trouble of coming and he's not <laughs> learning things quick enough. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a cop. Out. I think that's an after-the-fact like oh well out. we were going for something. You weren't going for something no, comics because it up nothing if you is were. played nothing is played that way. Right. That nothing is played I, that I, way. I
2: don't doubt that they were. I just think that they failed miserably at it. Maybe mm. they maybe they were. I'm not gonna I don't say think that. They, you, I
0: don't know that you can fail that badly. I don't know <laughs> that you can be that dumb. I don't know that you uh, can uh, be he, he he you know he, disorderlies he, 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 need we remember. W- Devlin yes, Max Devlin.
2: But you Me, can. Yes. I, I, I'm. I'm going to give them a little credit here in that I do think they were. T- Look, Nicolas Cage. We know is an avowed weirdo. I could see him. I can. If he's. If he produced this, we know that I can probably bet that he loved the original. That that's something like right up his alley. Mm-hmm. And they probably, you know, I don't think when people put this time and energy into, a, especially a remake. They're not thinking like, let's fu- that movie sucked. Let's make it better. They're probably saying, We Oof, love this. Let's do it. how can we do this? How can we, yeah. you know, uh add to it or or or, or give it a, a twist that that lives up to the legacy. I have to think, you know, I guess I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. So I, although I don't know what's worse, I don't know what's worse, you know, about Saying, ah, eh, oh. we're just going to, we're going to do our own thing with this movie completely and it's bad. Or saying, we're going to try to do something really important and we are going to try to give it a different message. The first message was, you know, it had to do with the religion. This is going to have to do with the patriarchy. And then mess that up really bad because. No, they-
3: <laughs> no. It doesn't look no. so disgusting. You, that, you just said messed it, messed yourself. it
0: up. He t- no, he starts, he's a perfectly pleasant guy. Yeah. He's not like some guy swinging his dick around. He's no. not a, a, a guy. He's not a guy. In the market for comeuppance, he's not a guy who needs there particular comeuppance. No. He's just a guy. This is this is a case of uh, this is what was going on in two thousand six. The Village, another M Night Shyamalan. Thing. It's like yeah. Oh, yeah. this is so right. much like The Village, and it's so that like here's our twist, and 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 it's also the the era of which we're still in, but it really started here, and it started around like the time of The Forgotten, that Julianne Moore movie, where it was like. Mm-hmm. Horror is a big business when children can watch it. So it's right. all these PG-13 horror movies that are just Garbage. lots of sca- like faux scary imagery, but nothing's really scary and nothing's really mm. gory and nothing's really shocking because that demographic can't handle it. So it's just mush. It's just colorful mush with like, <laughs> you know, like, ah, yeah. memory all the flames Oh, Oh, there's a baby doll everything's with a little girl and a baby doll every fucking movie has there's a a girl with dead eyes and then there's a baby doll and the eyes are deader than the girl's but she looks like the girl oh it's wearing the same dress as the girl is that the soul of the girl fuck you fuck you <laughs> oh, we were trying to make a so um, I guess it didn't work out our comment on the patriarchy yeah comment on the patriarchy you fucking fucking sexist you fucking misogynist how many women can you punch in the face in this movie Nick let's see how many women do you, would you like to punch I don't know how many women would you like me to punch I don't know let's just see how amped up you get and let's see how many women we can put in front of your fist, your fist? <laughs> you fucking idiots I don't like this movie. It's, really? <laughs> um, Listen, uh, my wife wants to get on the podcast at some point and talk about Neil Labute. I was like, well, maybe you know, if we ever do *In the Company of Men* or one of his other movies, you know, where, uh right. it, Because this is really about so many. Again, this is this is a Neil Labute movie, but it's really it is it, it's it's a remake of another film, and it is like a it's it's a sop to this kind of. Trend of PG thirteen of, yeah. horror too, yeah, so the it's, kind of, it's coming out like a, yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's coming from a lot of different angles. It's yeah. not so much about the whatever your pure, your pure feelings about. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 throwing a lot of pure feelings. Uh, <laughs> and at the should. microphone it right deserves now. it. This but, movie you know, deserves and, it. And, and but Kate's like, oh, I'd love to get on there and talk about that. She's like, she's like, I think he's a more destructive force than Mamet when it comes to that uh, that kind of thing, you know, in, in his plays and, and well, listen. Uh, uh, Oh, I would his agree, yeah. about, about women and so you know she was like you can say that you can tell say that tell the guys i said that and i would love to get on and 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 hold forth about it sometime and i was like yeah we definitely will and and and,
1: and you should to have a, a half a second to to be somewhat fairer to neil labute in some of his plays not in all of them but in some of them it is the male force in the plays or a male force in the plays that is abjectly a piece of shit yes. and an asshole. And, you know, there, there are, there's a character in, in, um, uh, reasons to be pretty. That is, you know, all but irredeemable, maybe a little more redeemable in the sequel, uh, reasons to be happy, but all but irredeemable. There is a character that, um, is in one of his other movies, your, uh, your friends and neighbors character played by David, Jason Patrick, Jason Patrick. That is yeah. like, oh my God! This person yeah. is a loathsome example of the horrors of the patriarchy. So, so you know, he do, he does. Have those characters in there as well, but in a movie like this, but I he feel also like traffics, in feel, the- he traffics in that, and 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 he, I feel like, well, this is the real, maybe this is the real Neil Labute coming out, and you kind of want to go, will the real Neil Labute please stand up as far as his opinions <laughs> or about you know men versus women, or just fucking sit down, which is basically what he's been doing since the third play in the Reasons to Be Happy, Reasons to Be Pretty trilogy got shit canned and. I think that that uh-huh. is because I've heard that that is because of you know um um people finally uh speaking out against yeah. him personally and things hmm. he has said and done yeah. that's what yeah. I've heard. Yep. Now um you know and I believe me that is not a defense in any way of neil Butte or this movie which has so much we we have to talk about the beginning and what we make of that and when we have to talk about the ending ending like the, the the coda with james franco and jason ritter and we have to talk about that what do you make of the fact that in the beginning of this movie the people that he's trying to save the mother and daughter may i guess the movie is trying to tell us they may not be real is that I don't the, know is if that's that the sense you was, got of it well it's so, such
0: a fucking mishmash go ahead well
1: it. it starts with that the,
2: the the very first impression of the movie was wow there's some really bad acting and writing because I, I, the, the, just the scene in the diner with the waitress and his cop I'm like wow that's and
1: Aaron Eckhart a, 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 a oh that was Eckhart I couldn't figure him? out who that yep. was I, as soon as, as I saw him I was like boy that looks like Aaron Eckhart let's watch the credits at the end man at diner Aaron <laughs> Eckhart who shows oh, up him. in your friends and neighbors and other Neil LeBee yeah, he's and the in the star in the company of men yeah. oh, exactly.
2: yeah. I couldn't figure out who that was so put him on the map. yeah mm-hmm. it was some real Really bad dialogue, but the first one of the first lines in the movie is, you know, he eats the hamburger and uh, she says, you know, wow, yeah, if, if I if I that I'd be in a trance too. And I was like, oh, all right. So are they setting it up right off the <laughs> bat that he's in a trance like this whole thing? You know, I think they might have been playing around because he's taking the pills throughout. So right. were they playing around that he was in this weird trance all the time? If they were, it failed it doesn't work uh because they don't yeah. go all the way with it it's not filmed in a way that you would think it's like that it's it's you know film it in, in a more eth- ethereal way and uh yeah so that didn't work but then I thought okay well is it yes have they been setting them up were those women there that woman and daughter were they set up was you know
1: are with, they with, pagan goddesses are they that's, pagan? Where, yeah. that's where and, I went at the end I was like oh they didn't find the bodies the little girl looks at him like we're gonna get you and, mm. uh, and, and they ultimately, and then in a lot of the flashbacks, they're not there, they have disappeared. And it's like, okay, is this Labute telling us they weren't real from the get go? Mm. They were pagan mm-hmm. goddesses to, to set him up to be drawn in to, oh, the I island see what you're to, to, to be guilty enough at the loss of them to be drawn in where he's compelled to go to the island.
0: But that's incredibly oh, yeah. thin. Of how are you this? supposed to they think, think thin? that, like, that they're ghosts or whatever? That, how, why would you ever think that? Why, they think why, they're going,
1: would, oh, isn't that cool? We're going to leave it up to the audience as to whether they were real or not. Not cool. No, don't, Fucking stupid. Sorry, yeah, that's stupid. Not, and then, not then not the good. ending, are we supposed to get... Suddenly, it's all about Lily Sobieski's character, which you can see her star quality in this. She's good. She's she the one, she's the one she's person okay. who is elevating the material through <gasps> her talent beyond uh, what it is. I saw her, uh, I I in her little scene like with Cage. I yeah, uh, I was I like, okay, there's a star to be right. That's where that's where I went with her <laughs> performance. Not that it was like she's amazing, give her an Oscar. But I was like, there's a person who. Who you know? You put that those scenes on a reel, and somebody's going to go, "Oh yeah, there's somebody <laughs> who, who is elevating the material beyond its crappiness." But what do we make of that ending? Is she? I,
2: I think it was again. They were trying to be clever and be like, "Ooh, isn't this you know?" They they just setting up the idea that they they set these plots in motion for years, and you know they they build up these relationships with these men so they can bring them. I mean, that's that was the they impression I got.
0: All oh, right, they said it. That Nicolas Cage that, yeah. that that's what was done to him and then they're just illustrating it at the end it's just it's really just it's cementing women bad that's what it's cementing <laughs> to me I know it's that the, you could have called it the black widows <laughs> and it's like, here they go beautiful women go to a bar and like destroy these men's
1: <laughs> lives but and I'm, that's the point I'm the talking Where, more specifically about what it she there? says to James Franco which is what she says to Nicolas Cage which is, well, is you, when you leave you? take me with you she says that to Nicolas Cage in the middle of the movie, which you go, oh, she's going to be the one person who's trying to get out. Maybe she's going to mm. be the one who saves him at the end. She's going to be the one who is not OK with the society, you know. But then she says the same thing to James Franco, which makes you go, what then did she mean? How do you justify as an actor saying it to Nicolas Cage? Now that line is meaningless. It's only there for us to go, oh, that's cool because that's what she said. To Nick. I think that's all it is. I think that's what? Neil de
0: is like, isn't that interesting? I said it this <laughs> yeah. way as a ruse. And now I say it this way as another ruse. And I'm using the same word. I don't know. It's just. I, it was I, just I a
1: MacGuffin before. It was just. What, what is the justification for her saying it before? Yeah. It's so fucking so. stupid on so many levels. Because
0: you know what? If she wants to go, she's gone. She's there with James Franco. She can be like, let's get in the car and let's just go somewhere else. But you can tell in her eyes. Right. Yeah. I'm going to in 20 years. You're dead, man. And if you can't tell I'm in her eyes, burns. if you can't tell in her eyes,
1: just in case you can't tell in her eyes, um, this sound of bees, the bees yeah. yes. rising in volume under her looking at him, me, hammers it home for you that that fucker is going to die. And the other woman there is the one who. Yeah, that's her. That's Willow. That's,
0: that's Willow. That's Willow. Which the, the only thing I'll say that worked about the movie for me was I'm watching the whole movie. I'm like. How did this, how did old decrepit old Nicolas Cage wound up having a a, a child with, this woman looks like she's 22 years old and they they kissed at one point and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) oh my God, I couldn't watch it. And then I'm like, oh, all right, yes. If if it, if she was only setting him up to be um have his legs broken and to be burned <laughs> in a giant uh, wicker man, then yes, then I get the relationship. That it finally. That's what the only thing that was the the one. If I give this any kind of Sheila. It'll be for that because I was like, huh. I had a hard time believing she would ever sleep with him. Oh. It was a ruse to (laughs) destroy him.
1: I have an easy time believing she'd want his legs broken and burned in a fire, in a fiery wicker thing.
0: So funny, the voice. I'm sorry, the ADR, every was like crack, crack. Oh, my legs. Right. It was oh so my funny. Legs. No, but guys, oh my but legs but is a line God. in this
1: movie,
2: <laughs> right? But that scene it's so funny. is it's like, out my, yeah, my
0: balls, yeah. <laughs> You're right. I wish she had said out my balls. <laughs> oh what my are we gonna say for Sorry. But,
2: but and maybe this goes to your point before, <laughs> Jason, about making it more PG 13 mm. because I've seen that. I've seen a meme of him getting tortured with the bees and them breaking his legs, but it's not in the oh. theatrical cut. They must have cut it out. Maybe they thought it was too violent. Yeah, probably. because I was thinking too. I'm like, this. What is going on with this ADR? How come you're not seeing any of this? Why is he just yelling, "You bitches, it is? Because, bitches"? Yes. If you go on YouTube oh, and type in Nick wow. Cage bees, you see. All of that is played out. They oh, break his legs. They put his legs over wood. Me. They oh, break oh, them. And then they put a cage over his head. Yeah, because I've seen the pictures. And I was where's like, his- where's the scene of the cage? Yeah, he's
1: covered in bees. They put cage in a cage. You're kidding. As if we didn't. Okay. Okay. So that tracks with what Taylor and I thought as we were watching it, they were like, oh, he's got the EpiPen. He's allergic to bees. Clearly they're going to set him up to be stung and tortured by bees by the end of this thing. And then they don't. And so that, and you're saying that that they do do that, but it was cut.
2: I I guess it wasn't released in the theatrical version. I was, I was trying to figure out
1: what's going on. The whole point of him being allergic to bees, the whole point of the plot line of I'm allergic to bees is Cut from the movie at the end. Well, he that, does that's get stung the most by those bees thing earlier.
0: earlier. I mean, he does have a scene getting stung by bees, but like, and he wanders into d- them. I, I like how a guy who's allergic <laughs> to bees just, just bumps bees. into big hives. <laughs> you stupid idiot. Oh,
1: here's the other thing. I have to talk about this. This is number 17 of the dumb things this movie is doing. Okay. In the original, in the, oh, first of all, Edward Woodward, right? Mm-hmm. His is in the original. As if there, as if we needed any more justification. Of no, wait. This is an. They think they're doing an homage. His first name is Edward. Willow's last name is Woodward. Edward Woodward, cute. Clearly, (laughs) cute. Stupid, but cute. Okay. Here's the other thing. In the Edward Woodward version, Edward Woodward, he, the crops have died, and it is clear that the crops have died, and there are no. There's no fresh food. There's, and on, he says, "I'm an island renowned for its fresh fruit and its fresh vegetables." This is all canned shit that he's eating at mm. the at the at the inn. Okay. There's a little corollary to this. It's like, why are we doing? Why are you getting bottled honey from somewhere else? He says to Lily Sobieski, and she's like, nah, "I don't know." You know, in a terrible scene. And but then right. you have scene after scene after scene of the thriving bee harvest and the thriving honey harvest there's literally a scene of a storeroom of beeswax candles there is fucking there's many many scenes of women who look like i expect them to go utini because they really look like Jawas. yeah fucking the, harvesting gallons of honey it's like the honey heart and then at the end he's like i don't care about your honey fuck your honey or whatever he says <laughs> then he calls rowan honey he says, "Honey, no," as she's gonna burn down the wicker mat. I was like, he did not just say in a movie about bees and har- bee harvesting, "honey," and not be a lap. He
2: said, "It's a honey of an o." The book- <laughs>
1: The bee harvest is fine in this movie. It's thriving. It's yet another thing they missed the boat on in this movie. That's it why this is Sheila nuts. and
2: Jacob Joseph's favorite movie. This, well, this
0: movie would have been better if he was searching for Rowan Atkinson. Then at least you would
1: get some intentional laughs. laughs. Then your eyebrows would get some work. I can't think of it without your eyebrows. You said a mouthful there, Fred, because we have something in the mail sack that I have to share with you. But we have to Sheila up this movie first. Two. Two. Oh, wow. It was right on top. Yeah,
0: too. That's what I'm giving it too.
2: There is a part of me that like wants to say, you know, you should watch it just to laugh because it's so, you know, for Nicolas Cage in a bear it's suit. It's not camp enough.
1: Yes, watch the bear yeah. suit sequence and watch the, I guess, the outtakes of him with, a, with Cage with B-Cage with a I was Cage gonna say, on. I'd
0: love to watch him get his legs broken
1: <laughs> his face is
0: being stung. <laughs> you bitches!
3: You bitch! This
1: is murder! Murder! You'll all be guilty! And you're doing it for nothing! Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey! I'm so sad that's not in the movie, actually. Uh,
0: I'll
2: I'll give it a, I'll stick with the two, sure.
1: But I highly Uh, recommend the original, the Edward Woodward uh, original, because it is creepy. It is fun. It is an acting lesson in how you play this kind of thing, a la Hot Fuzz. This remake doesn't, there's no reason for it. To exist.
2: What is the reason for the mailbag to exist? You have something in it. You're saying?
1: Well, this is the thing. You 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 hit on it before, Fred. So let me let me open up the old. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Uh, Guess what, guys? We have a letter from Sheila. Sheila, finally. finally. finally, finally, so long. Hi, Dan. Just me. Only addressed to me. me now. It's like old days. Yeah. Like the olden times. Sheila, for those of you who don't know, our longtime listener, longtime listener from the very beginning of the podcast.
2: Yeah. From episode one.
1: That's right. My first one. She says, well, even though I'm extremely, many, many E's, extremely pregnant, uh, (laughs) and then in parentheses, and Richard is very irritable since the attention is all on me and not on his many, many film performances.
0: (laughs) Close
1: parentheses. (laughs) <laughs> extremely uh, I just had to write in because The Wicker Man is one of my favorite movies of all time. And this can, new one? The new one. The new aye, aye, one. Aye, and aye, you can aye. guess why the beekeeping sequences take me back to when I was a humble beekeeper making my way through the beekeeping business or buzzness as we call it. Yeah. She and Jacob Joseph. And, she and Jacob Joseph and the were the both, That's yeah. right. Yeah, they're they both, were, in the they were both in the business. They're both in the buzzness. I still fondly remember tending my bees harvesting honey, and making beeswax candles all the live long day. And now that I'm half murder hornet, I also understand the murderous tendencies of the beekeepers in the movie. Even though the evil beekeepers are trying to kill poor, innocent Nicolas Cage, I empathize with them. Every queen bee needs her drones. That's why I have my precious Richard. Like that. <laughs> Richard actually thinks we should sue the makers of the Wicker Man. Not only for not casting him in the Francis Conroy role. Well, how did that make any? <laughs> but for clearly stealing the beekeeping storyline from my own stories of the buzzness. I don't know I don't though. Know. While there are similarities, I think it's a reach. You think, Sheila?
0: <laughs> it's also 15 years old. What do you do? you like, just she's like the Nirvana kid. Yeah. Hey, uh I think I was doing porn as a baby. Give me money. <laughs> Asshole. Ah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. It doesn't make sense. Timeline. Timeline-wise, it is a reach. Uh, not for nothing, but I also it's think a Richard's. Reach around. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. What, what isn't for those two? <laughs> not for nothing, but I also think Richard's just frustrated because acting offers have dried up for him uh, ever since he was transformed into a half salmon, half quail by Doctor Merlot. Richard's been molting an awful lot lately, and that's a tough sell in today's Hollywood. Well, you can see that. Uh, Anywho, got to run. Time for my daily regimen of rest, murdering competing insects, and fulfilling my craving for rancid lunch meat. Say hi hi to the squad for me and to Fred and Jason. Buzz you later. Sheila, a.k.a. Ruthless Buzzy. Well, nice to hear from her. Uh, Lovely to hear from Sheila. Wow. I'm not surprised that that's her favorite movie.
2: I got some letters too, not as exciting as, as a letter from Ruthless Buzzy, Sheila, right. but, um, <laughs> our old pal, Tim Warenko has listened to the show many times. This was, this was lovely to hear. We love Tim. Uh, Yes, he, he, cause we did Dreamscape last week.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so we wanted to share a quick story about Dennis Quaid because we oh, all spoke so fondly of him. He said, I've worked with the director Raman Barani on a few different films and we have kept in touch over the years. He's an art house guy who started out doing low budget critical darling films using non professional actors. Truly a great director, really fine person. His first film with quote unquote name actors had Dennis Quaid in it. It's a movie called At Any Price. And I asked Raman how it was to work with someone who had been in so many huge, big budget films, ego, star power issues, et cetera. He said that in their first meeting, Dennis told him he would do a thousand takes or anything he wanted if he could get, uh, if he could be directed to give a performance as good as The Little Boy in Chop Shop, which was another one of Raman's films. Oh, wow. Uh, he was similarly complimentary regarding Zach Efron, but Zach Efron wasn't in Dreamscape, so. <laughs> that was it but uh I, I, I love hearing that i love hearing you that's know cool. uh, that you know when people are nice
0: i've always heard he's a very nice man yes very very nice man very professional and it's so funny because you know you, you, you hear you're kind of the polar opposite about his brother More. sometimes you know oh, it was always to, you know what i mean so that's not that interesting Indeed. but no Dan, dennis great is supposed to be a lovely guy I yeah know, that I was nice people, to hear yeah, now, there's also too. we
2: had something in uh, from our our good friend, a longtime listener, Mike P. Uh, the the controversy going back to last week's episode about oh. the uh, the Sheena is it a boner? Is it not? Is it a knot <laughs> in the oh, sarong?
1: Right. Yeah, uh, this is the biggest controversy God. that's ever been on the podcast. It, right it, well, he said <laughs> uh, it could be.
2: So uh, Mike P. wrote to me uh, said regarding the sarong theory, fat. Pf- Probably one of the worst conspiracy theories ever. That man was ready. Give Wass his virility props.
0: Oh my God.
2: That's one take. Uh, another thinking, take you know. coming from... Now, I, I have no idea if he actually listens to the podcast or if he just saw one of our posts. Uh, Michael Fleischman, who I have to give props to because we bought his house, the house I'm living in.
1: Yes, used to God. be his. No.
2: Uh, he says, that's a knot.
1: So, oh, okay. Th- okay. this
2: This is a... A controversy and a
0: debate that is will he a gr- is he a great sarong wearer? Does he know like that the the perils of the knot? We've
2: been in great hotels. This debate is going to rage on, just like Ted Wass' boner. Like
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ah oh, God. I wonder yeah, it would be great if Ted Wass would weigh in on this. <laughs> Just I
2: can't
1: be able table. to call him. We've got to be able to call him. I keep hashtagging
2: Ted Wass every time we do another post. Damn I'm it. like hashtag Ted Wass thinking it. that maybe I'll get a hit and be get, like, "Oh, who's know. talking about me?"
1: How can it's, we get to Ted Wass We've got to figure out a way and solve this mystery. This is the greatest mystery of the podcast. As if
0: he's ever going to admit it. Even if we get him, he won't be like, "I was wrecked that whole movie." He'll be like, <laughs> "Gentlemen, it was a knot." Gentleman. You know,
1: gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, I implore you. Uh, I know
0: I keep I, I, I sometimes I stare at that picture for for hours oh, and uh, uh, uh yeah and I yeah I'm I'm <laughs> of the I'm of the opinion that it's a knot. Oh
1: now. you are now. You've switched over. No. No. You're wrong. No, really. You're wrong. It's his boner. No. do no, no. Maybe you're just
2: believing what you Maybe want to believe. It's his just... boner. All right. And I've... I'll tell you President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Camacho <laughs> oh. would agree with me.
1: Oh so good. <laughs>
0: So
2: good. That's a goddamn boner. (laughs) So
0: good. And then shoot something. And he'd shoot it. You're probably right. You're probably right. All right. Let's move on to idiocracy. If you were the smartest person in the world,
1: this goes in your mouth. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one. This one goes in your mouth. And we're stuck with the dumbest people in history.
3: If you have one bucket that holds two gallons, and another bucket that holds five gallons, how many buckets do you have?
1: Two? What would you do? Excuse me. Um, I'm actually supposed to be getting out of prison.
0: You're in the wrong line. In the year 2005, an average in every way private named Joe Bowers, played by Luke Wilson, is selected to take part in a secret military experiment to put him in hibernation for a year alongside a prostitute named Rita, played by Maya Rudolph. When the base they're stored on is closed down and destroyed, the slumbering duo is forgotten and left in stasis for 500 years. When they finally wake up, they discover the average intelligence of humans has dropped so precipitously that Joe is now the smartest man in the world. Can Joe and Rita find the fabled time machine at the far end of a city-sized Costco and save the world from itself? Since Dax Shepard is the only one helping them... The answer is no. (laughs) Mike Judge's blistering indictment of Americans and humanity as a whole surprisingly did not go over well with Americans or humans in general, (laughs) as Idiocracy made only one hundred and twenty four thousand dollars over its opening weekend on its way to a worldwide gross of just four hundred and ninety five thousand dollars. Fred and Dan, what do you guys think of Idiocracy?
2: I had never seen it before. Through the years it has come up and I I think Jeremy has mentioned it before. I feel like he's someone who was a big champion of the movie. I, I That's might be. How like, I saw
1: it, him watching oh, okay. it at our old apartment. i had never heard of it before Jeremy was like, you need to see this movie. And I didn't mm. see it. I still didn't see it <laughs> until this week. <laughs> you were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, because it got buried Very I read. Much so. I mean, because I mean it, it skews corporations and from what I was reading it got to a point and the corporations were like, Oh, or who was it? I think it was Fox was doing it. They're like, yeah, no, no, we can't, yeah, <laughs> we, right. we can't release this. So they just buried it. Yeah. I don't think but there was d- didn't dumbing down it.
0: America is our business. That's- yeah. yeah, That's our yeah, so they uh, really, stock and
2: trade. They, they didn't want, I mean, now I feel like a lot of corporations be like, ah, let's make fun of ourselves. Like that's the, you know, the thing to do. They can, mm-hmm. they can do that mm-hmm. and they look cooler for doing that back then. No. So I don't even think there was a critic screening. So it was, so I, uh, you know, it's understandable that you wouldn't have even heard of it. Uh, I Hmm. watched it the other night. My son, Ben watched it along with me. Hmm. I thought it was really funny. We were laughing all the way through, uh, right from the first line, it said, you know, evolution doesn't necessarily reward intelligence. Mm -hmm. I'm going, okay, all right, I'm in. Uh, uh, you know, from Owl My Balls, that was it. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that me, it definitely hooked Ben. Soon,
1: as <laughs> soon as Ben heard, he was sort of back
2: and forth because he was, he was playing on his Xbox and I was like, Ben, watch this movie with me. I think you might like it. It looked really, as soon as he heard me guffawing and howling at the Owl My Balls, he turned around, watched it. He was in.
0: You all knew Owl My Balls. <laughs> uh, ball. It, it, it,
2: I thought it was really funny. I mean, horribly prescient, as you said yeah. in the beginning. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the sort of the gay panic and the, the homophobia that was running rampant in, in Crank with, you know, is. State them constantly using the F word and, you know, and anything <laughs> that it was, it, it was ridiculous in this it's used a lot, but that's the point. I think that's Mike judge's point is oh, that, yeah. You know, obviously that people, because there was vocabulary a line just, where the guy was like, you know, yeah, they sounded pompous and faggy to them, you know, and that right. was the whole thing that like America has been dumbed down so much yeah. that if you do have, you know, some sort of vocabulary, those are the words that are going to be used to describe you.
0: Or even clarity of speech. That's what's oh, yeah. so great about Dax Shepard is like, yeah. it's like, it's like people don't even enunciate anymore. Right. He's so good. He's
2: fantastic in this. He's great. He's really good because it could be so easy to be really bad in that role that he's playing
1: Yeah, and it's, he owns it and he goes for it and it all works. It's a fine line. It's a fine tight rope to walk. You know what I mean? It's because, a fine, because, fine be, line between clever and stupid. And, uh, <laughs> and that's this move. That's a per- from Spinal Tap. And that is a perfect, uh, perfect description of this movie. Yeah. If you go this movie i think is uh, i i i am so fascinated with by why this movie got buried why more people didn't see it why it it still i guess people haven't seen it or known about it you know um and, and all of that backstory i don't know much about that but when it didn't even when you don't even crack a million that and your mike judge you know is this before you're king didn't of the hill half a million right. no
0: it's it's a decade after king it's of the hill it's a decade
1: after king of the hill so you're a known yeah. commodity at this point and that means that there's somebody's out to bury it it's not that it failed it's somebody's out to bury yeah. it you know if you can't even crack half a million so but i think that's what it was what i yeah, what i, I said I, what i read I, I th- yeah and i'm fascinated by that. You know, does Carl's Jr. have that much power? I guess they do. <laughs>
2: <gasps> Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating.
1: For me, the, mo- the the failure of the movie, and again, it's tough to call it a failure because so much of it does work. But what didn't work for me is if you make the people of the future, 500 years into the future, so stupid, so, so, so stupid, then they would not be able to accomplish anything, you know, and they accomplish Mm -hmm. very little in this, but it's hard to buy that they would have, you know, cars that they would, (laughs) that they would have, um, a surveillance system that's clearly run on computers and hardware and software that, that scans codes and things like that. I mean, are we supposed to get that this is, that those things are just remnants of the previous generation or previous generations and that this is just the dumbest generation, you know, it's, it's hard to buy. And I, again, I get that it's a satire. I get that we have to have certain things in this society so that he's on the run and stuff. I think another, you know, thing that that doesn't elevate the movie for me is the, is the fact that he's so much of it is him in either in jail, which is an uninteresting kind of slow section of this for me, Or he's um, being punished in that long sequence where it's basically the gladiatorial thing of him versus those cars. I was like- Yeah, that scene I sort of tuned out. Yeah, I tuned out a lot in this movie, you guys. Like, And and it was like, when's this movie going to elevate- When's it going to go to the next place that it, that it's you know logically taking us to? And I think it does at the very 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 end. And it's like okay, and then the movie's over. You know, the beginning of this movie is very strong. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. The, the first, first five is minutes great. is terrific. I loved all the stuff about how did we get to where we are. So then the movies, That's it's brilliant. really brilliant. I played it for Taylor. I was like, you got to watch the first five minutes. It's absolutely brilliant.
0: Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species.
1: Having kids is such an important decision.
2: We're just waiting for the right time. It's not something you want to rush into,
1: obviously. No way. Oh, shit, I'm pregnant again! Shit! I got too many damn kids! I thought you was on the pill or
2: some shit. Hell no. I think there are people like Dak Shepard, who's just like bottom of the barrel. But I think there are still people who are functioning, but their worldview has been changed so much by the dumbing down of society and the automation mm. of society and the corporatism of society. Everyone talks with an advertisement. You can't, yeah. you know, and people where's don't an talk. an advertisement at
0: all times? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a depressing way, the, the least realistic thing about this movie is that we that there would be that much society left in 500 years i was like in 50 years i can see this i mean that's how bad i (laughs) think it is right now and when you and when you say the thing about like it's hard to believe that things could still function when the populace is so dumb if you if we went back to you know 1980 something Mm -hmm. and said this is that's going to be the president. That's the way he's going to talk to people. That's what the rallies are going to look like. This is what people say that one man won. He just because he says he won <laughs> and the other guy lost. People will storm yeah. our capital. Yeah dressed as vikings but yet at the same time there will be a device in your hand that can do everything that you've ever imagined and you can have and a vaccine can be created in a year based on the scientific work of generations you'd say like that doesn't compute how can everywhere i look be so fucking stupid and yet utter brilliance is keeping us going is somehow keeping us chugging mm-hmm. along. I think it's the hit. I think it's the all the people we're not seeing. It's the we're not seeing the the scientists, the brilliant uh, tacticians. A more complex satire, one that doesn't end show with like, giant yeah. penis machines <laughs> crashing into each other <laughs> as a form <laughs> of punishment, <laughs> would would maybe have gone there, and that would be an even more brilliant and more depressing film but yeah this goes that's its own what i was way. missing I, with this yeah. I, I and i hear you but i also see think that there's that 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 thing that you have a hard time wrapping your head around like how are they still functioning if they're so stupid i think you we, we could look at now and from a certain vantage point and be like how are they functioning if they're this dumb if the if there are actual people going to the grocery <laughs> store next to you who think that the democrats are lizards that eat babies actually think it but then they yeah. go home and they wash their car and they pay their taxes and they do. But they think that they think yeah. it you'd say we're gone. We're gone far sooner than twenty five. Sure. <laughs> right.
1: But that's half, <laughs> anyway, right? that's it is how right I'm down sure. the middle half of the society and the other half doesn't mm-hmm. believe that with the, with this movie is saying, All right, oh, right. no, it's every single person. It's from the C- either president and the CEO All the way down to the lowest of the low in the societal strata, and I'm going. Okay, I guess what he wants us to to believe is that it's the remnants of Apple and the remnants of Amazon and the remnants of whatever the the tech companies are that keep the tech and Ford and whatever the remnants are of the tech companies, you know, are still. Barely functioning enough. Well, that- it's sci
2: fi in the sense that it's AI. Right. The AI has taken over. We're, we're, we're not I guess running That's anything. what it
1: is, too. I guess you're right, Fred. Well, that's it, Fred. You're yeah. right. You, 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 you look at that it. now.
2: Everything is automated. They go to the ATM. You yeah. know, every, every, everything. You've hit
1: on it. Yeah.
0: It's the mothership automation. brain that runs everything, but it's, yeah. not, it's not people anymore. It's like it, it has been outsourced to robotics. Yeah. Which is right. crazy,
2: too. I mean, to your point before, Jason, I mean, I I say this all the time to the kids, you know, the fact that any information we want, we, and now, now we don't even have to type it. We just lift something up and say, Hey Siri, tell me this, you know, we've become so lazy. And if we don't get that information right away, it's like, "Ah, ah, ah," we want to throw things. We get so angry because we're so used to this. This cloud, yeah. this automation, this other thing that we that someone else invented does everything for us when we want to get is. money out in the ATM. You know, there are times when I've literally gone to the ATM and it's not working and I get so angry. I could just walk in the door. There's a there's a bank teller there. Yeah, right. I could I could talk to the human being. Right. But I'm like, oh, they're yeah. stupid. I'm punching in the right numbers, and how come it's not working? And then you'd have
0: to fill out the slip, and you know, and you'd be like, what am I, a troglodyte? I'm yeah. gonna write down how much money I want. I get frustrated, Russia can't laugh at number. me when
2: I'm when I'm like depositing checks, and I'm I'm like, you know, doing it yeah. on my phone. I'm just taking pictures. I'm like, oh, god, I typed in the wrong password and the wrong account number and. But it used to, so we're so used I to that, yeah. that yeah. I think that's what it is. That's who, that's who's yes, running that everyone this. else can afford to be completely dumb and lazy and just because everything else, so I don't need to take out the garbage, something else, that, that machine, that garbage thing that comes in will take out the garbage, but it doesn't. It's just taking out yeah. the garbage and throwing it outside in the landfill. Yeah. I think that's what, you know, this is also
0: us surmising like what Dan's saying. I also I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's not in the movie. If they showed like even all they'd have to do is show like some stupid like orb with mechanical arms like hitting. I mean, some, you know, this movie traffics in very simple imagery and stuff. So you could have like something that's like uh, the brain, you know, and just show it for a second and be like, if you're wondering how anything gets done. You know, there's like this thing there that's controlling go. it. I mean to there answer that question because it is that nagging pushing. I mean, but pull. you
2: sorta of do with like Carl Jr. There's so many mentions <laughs> of <like> Carl Jr.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, I'm eating. <laughs> yes, that's great. For great. <laughs> amazing. That was fun. Yeah, welcome to Costco. I love you. That's how oh, my a, God. A, like, words have lost all meaning. Yeah. <laughs> I love my favorite
2: line in that when they go in and he's, Jack Shepard goes, Yeah, I know this place pretty well. I went to law school here. Yeah. <laughs> law school great. in Costco. But there's some great lines
1: in this. Mike Judge is a very, very good writer. My, I think my favorite thing in this is even before they go into the future when they, I mean, this guy looks like he could have stepped right out of Office Space. The, the, when he's the, talking the, about the pimps? Yes, when he's showing the slideshow of <laughs> yes. how yes. he had to get in with 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 Upgrade <laughs> and the other pimps, mm-hmm. that was howlingly funny. And I was like, "Man, me- and God funny. bless Mike Judge for casting guys like that." Yeah, who, I mean, again, Office Space is chock full of them. Right, Re- you know, regular pudgy dude with a mustache, and he's mm-hmm. hilarious so so funny you see a pimp's love is very different from that of a square collins fine we'll move on it is a fascinating world though
0: Uh, any movie that has an army base being destroyed a fud ruckers being raised a fud ruckers closing down and then being changing over the years to Eventually, just becoming butt And then there's a children's birthday party in the, a place called Butt yes. And to show like the de evolution of society. It, it's just those, there are those yeah. touches that are so fucking perfect and yes. that say it all. Yeah. Like that says it. That's that's the whole thesis of the movie is in that one it's sequence going from army base to Fuddruckers to mm-hmm. Buttfuckers, and
1: it's so good. I think Maya Rudolph is great. I always love her mm-hmm. in everything. She's she she's so terrific. She's so game for this. Um, I don't want to you know say anything to take away her agency or her character's agency in being a sex worker and, and, and um, you know, involving herself in that life. But you're absolutely right when you say, yeah, she's the only woman in this. And that is, you could have easily made, you know, uh, the Luke Wilson character, the Dax Shepard character, the Camacho character, they, they, any or all of them could have been women in this. And really the, the women in this future society are relegated to, to, you know, where um, there's one who is on the presidential cabinet who is, you know, very dippy as all the other people in the movie are. And then they sort of, you know, um, populate the periphery of the movie.
0: It's like, why couldn't Maya Rudolph be the smart? Why is it that the mediocre Luke Wilson... Is the smartest man in the world? You could, you could, you could have one woman in the movie who's a prostitute, and then upend all of the, you know, my my little my misogynistic slam against the movie by. You know I mean, yeah. have her be the person. Have her rise uh, above. She's and, extraordinary. And yeah. Don't even have Luke Wilson or, or whatever. Have him, but have her transcend him because he Absolutely. is so mediocre just because she's a prostitute doesn't mean that she might be a lot more intelligent ambitious whatever than he was Capable. in his like yeah. you know office drone job so it would have been interesting it would have given it a little more you know Had a little, her up, save the a little lift um, yep. there but again it's we are judge i mean it's only 15 years ago but you're still you're 15 years ago most people weren't thinking that weren't watching the movie and thinking huh, correct why was she just a prostitute it's like <laughs> oh yeah that's one of the three things you get to play in a movie. That's right. If you're a woman. Right?
1: Anyway. I thought Terry <laughs> Crews was great. That was mm-hmm. President Camacho might be my favorite character in this because it's, a great it's, character. it's only a quarter turn from what we got. Oh, the yeah. last Four years. It yeah. is- and and I and it's it. really an
0: offshoot of what we had at that time, which was, oh, my God, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the governor of California. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Jesse Ventura is the yep. governor. of. Yeah. So yep. I think they were making a direct line to like at some point yeah. a an apollo creed in rocky four type yes. <laughs> or, you know showman right. wrestler whatever yeah, but a showman. Be, uh, yeah a showman that's what he looks got. like right isn't he the way he's dressed he looks like he's Absolutely. about to like fight drago yeah <laughs> it's uh you know looks like a pro wrestler uh, yeah. so I, I i think they were making that direct line and it's like oh well we got close now i understand everyone's shit's emotional right now but listen up I got a three-point plan to
1: fix everything. There's a moment where Dax Shepard is like watching the masturbation channel or something like that. (laughs) I'm baiting. Yeah. I'm baiting. And he's not quite there yet. And and, um, uh, Luke Wilson comes in. He's talking to him. And Dax Shepard just casually drops his pants and goes back, as they're still in conversation, and goes back to the chair. Because he's still going to do what he would set out to do. No, even though we're having a conversation right yeah, now, no, yeah. I'm still in the middle of this. I'm not. I'm not stopping this thing that I'm going to be doing. That and it's and it is not commented on. No. It is not. It's almost like Dak Shepard improvised it in the moment because they don't say a thing about it it just happens <laughs> and it's <laughs> like and, and you almost miss it kind of go did he just drop his pants and go back to his chair in the middle of this and they're still mid-scene i howled at that that was hilarious oh, yeah. there's a lot of little straight. things like
2: that throughout the movie even yeah. like i noticed at the end when they're like wanted posters for him up on all the the big signs and in the background just says wanted for being a dick <laughs> Just <laughs> sort of in the background. I'm thinking that's fantastic. There's a lot
1: of brilliant touches in this movie and I, I guess I'm not giving it enough credit. I just, uh, by the end of it, I was like, oh, that was, that was really good. It could have been great. Amazingly great. A la, you know, um, a, 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 a more sharp Cutting satire like you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Doctor Strange Love, even a movie like Dick, you know, or or, or uh, network or something like that, and still been as funny as it was, and still broad as it was, with just a few little quarter turns there. But I get what you guys are saying, and 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 the 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 sci-fi aspect is is ringing truer to me now, Fred, since you were um, talking about it. So I feel like I'm at a solid, unequivocal. 7.2528. <laughs> Solid.
2: <laughs> All right. I'll give it a will uh, give it a 7.5, 7.5 shield rate. Oh, okay.
1: Mm.
0: I was uh You're higher. I was higher. Yeah. I was like, you still can be. I yeah, no, I am. It's but I had 8.5, but I think that's mm-hmm. a touch high.
1: <laughs> Don't go mm, by us. Point, no. No, it does it does run out of steam. It does run out of steam. That's it the does thing. run out of That's steam. too much time of him in jail. Too much time of him being punished and stuff. It's it's, like, it's,
0: <sighs> it's the, the the moments, the image, like the, the, the sitting there writing it and like all the great, like, oh, we gotta get this in. Oh, yeah. wouldn't it be great if this was mm-hmm. the slogan for this or the tagline of this yeah. or that there was a toilet seat that you said like all <laughs> these elements, you know, in, in a way it's like kind of a it's a companion piece in so many ways to WALL-E, which came out two years later. It's, very, Absolutely. you know, like yeah. this dystopian. Yes. It's very much, it's kind of, there are lots of similarities about how the, the future rests in being able to get a plant to grow, one plant to grow. And, and, and the planet brilliant. is basically garbage. Uh, electric, yes. And people are just obese. Here, Slugs. What's interesting here is that it's like, yeah, people are basically relegated to this chair that does everything for you, but they're not as unfit i mean in Wally, it's so brilliant how people basically become gelatinous from right. like a uh, lack mm. of of physical activity and here it's not so much that you're not seeing like what you would see which is like a much more you know Wally gets that right like probably a much heavier society as yeah. people get more and more sedentary whatever but i mean this is a great skeleton, an amazing skeleton with yeah. amazing details throughout it. Yes, but the but but there's a, a little bit of hollowness uh, in the bones. You know, um, well, it's like
2: you said with Mike; right, G- it's, right, it's a little right, more right. two dimensional in the sense that he work. You know, he's yeah. he does animation. It's like those cells, and it mm-hmm. is. It's just like little one. It's almost like little Far Side. You know, uh, yes. uh, episode, just farsight episode, farsight, you know, absurd. Isn't this is absurd? Isn't it absurd? is
0: absurd? You're absolutely which are r- right.
2: Really funny, like brilliant. in each, you know, you look at a side panel and you're like, there's so much going on in that panel that's brilliant. And yeah. then it's just boom, done. And it's just, it's a lot of those, which doesn't take away the brilliance or uh, the comedy of
0: it. Right.
2: But. Uh, it's it it ends there
0: i'm still over an eight i'm 8.25 on it i'm 8.25 okay. i'm gonna keep it high because i do think it's brilliant Boom. but uh yeah yeah all right idiocracy there we go <sighs> fantastic thanks everybody for listening uh join us next time for episode 60 of opening weekend that's right we are traveling back to september of 1990 for a very special deep dive into one of the best and most beloved movies i think of all time martin scorsese's goodfellas
3: yes
0: and we will also share our individual choices for our top 10 favorite gangster slash crime films and that is next time on opening weekend okay dan (laughs) what are you what you got for us
1: this week? Here's the thing. I got nothing. Mm. Um, I will take a suggestion. I will take a request. We can cut this little conversation. There, there was I a lot of stuff in could.
2: Crank. I mean, we had Loverboy. There was the Harry Nilsson song, Everybody's Talking. I don't
0: know if you can- uh okay. yes. How about this, incredible- though? Go ahead. How about this? In honor of idiocracy, Right. as would be the case in 2505 under President Camacho, <laughs> can- You just hand fart the national anthem?
1: Oh, yes, I can. It would be
0: be completely unironic in the world of idiocracy. It would only be
1: hand farted in the world of idiocracy or actually farted.
2: I would think it would be actually farted. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: I can do that. I can definitely do that. Um, Would it be the national anthem or would it be something that would be... The new, whatever, the new national anthem. I guess anthem. whatever, oh, be the wow.
0: Charles Jr., Jun- the Carl's Jr. theme. Like the
2: national anthem, but with like a ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like <laughs> some, some sort of corporate, you uh, know. That would be the know, tag, yeah. Uh,
0: tag yeah. In there and there.
1: tag on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I can of do that. Of your choosing.
0: Yes, here it comes. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> Your hand on your heart. Take off your hat, Jason.
2: Have some respect. I'm sorry.
1: You're right. It was a tough one.
2: America. and say that we desecrated <laughs> the national anthem so you need to uh, I gotta get cancelled for something
1: right? <laughs> the opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell
2: Fred Berman and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff thank you for listening
3: Carl's Jr. fuck you I'm eating